Hello, sensory sensitive friends. I am back once again to talk to you about loops earplugs. If you, like me, are a little bit sensitive to noise, or maybe a lot sensitive to noise, then you should give loops a try. Loops, if you haven't heard, are noise reducing earplugs that basically act like a buffer, providing protection for your ears without completely blocking out all of the noise around you. Loops come in three different varieties, which I love because you can choose how much noise reduction you want according to your personal preference. I find that the Engage model is perfect for me. They allow me to still hear all of the sounds and conversations happening around me. They just soften the noise enough so that it doesn't hurt my ears. If you're ready to give Loops a try, then you can visit loopearplugs.com slash O-T-J-M-A to receive 10% off your order. That's loop, L-O-O-P, earplugs.com slash O-T-J-M-A. Hello, everybody. It's Melissa. Welcome back to another episode. So I have a question for you guys. How many of you see yourselves as unconventional? As an unconventional type of person, someone who's drawn to things that are more unconventional, someone who likes to dress in a way or have an aesthetic that's more unconventional, someone who has maybe interests that are less conventional. I'm just thinking about this a lot lately because... I'm having a moment in my life where I'm kind of realizing that it's always been pretty hard for me to fit into the box of convention. I've always sort of really identified more with unconventional people, unconventional ideas, unconventional, you know, movies, TV shows, books, You know, I'm just, I'm drawn to things that are a little bit more um, unexpected or things that you don't see all of the time or ways of living and being and thinking that aren't necessarily so restrictive. The main thing that has me thinking about this lately is my new job. And it is still pretty new. I've been there for three months and I'm planning on quitting this week. I'm going to talk to my boss and I'm going to tell her that uh, I'm already done. I'm done. Uh, I feel really um, a lot of mixed emotions about this decision, but mostly as of the last few days, I'm feeling really good about it. Prior to that, I was extremely stressed out because I'm really trying to like this job because I already had a job before this one that I lasted three months at and I had to quit. Like I could not go back to that job for one more day. That's how bad I didn't like it there. Um, that was due to a myriad of reasons. I might've talked about it on the podcast. I think it was the adolescent acute care psych nurse position I was doing. Did not, could not, would not. I said goodbye. Then I went into this new job with hope. I was like, you know what? This is, this is inpatient nursing. It's more like acute care patients. It's, I'm going to learn a lot. I'm going to see a lot. I'm going to be able to do a lot of cool, like 
medical procedures and things like that, which is really interesting to me. Um, and, you know, it hasn't really turned out that way. Um, I mean, it sort of has. I mean, it's, it's a, it is an environment where I have been learning a lot and been getting to do and experience a lot of new things on the medical side of things, which has been actually the part of the job that I've really enjoyed because I love the procedural side of medicine. I really do. Um, it's just all of the other stuff that goes along with being in the medical field that is really, it's insufferable. <laughs> I just can't tolerate it. Um, some of these things are like, uh, working with, um, other people. <laughs> surprise, surprise. Not to say that I didn't like my coworkers at this job. The last job in psych, I didn't really like any of my coworkers, to be honest. Uh, that was one of the things that had me dying to get out of there because I can't spend 12 hours a day with people who I don't enjoy being around. It's just not for me. Can't do it. Um, this job, I really did enjoy uh, most of my coworkers, but still working with that many people. It's a very large department that I'm working at in the hospital. Lots of nurses work there, lots of different types of people, social workers, physical therapists, occupational therapists, doctors, you know, tons, I'm working with tons and tons and tons of people every day. And that is just hard and like inherently hard for me as an autistic person, um, interacting with that many people and being expected to, <laughs> to be so, um, serious and professional all of the time. Now, I know we're in a hospital and I know people are sick and some people are dying and things like that, but the way that you have to sort of like put on this work version of yourself for a job has always been really unsettling for me. Um, to me, it feels like masking, but worse. And I have this big like imposter syndrome sort of feeling too whenever I'm at work because I'm always like, like I know I know what I'm talking about, but the way that you're expected to behave when you work, when you're at work, it's almost like, like I feel still like I'm a kid inside. I'm just like maybe a kid who knows a lot and I'm pretending to be one of the grown-ups. Because when I have to talk to people in a particular way and be all like business about everything, it feels like it's just like not me and it feels really uncomfortable where I'm like, I wish we didn't all have to just put on this facade of being these totally put together, I know everything humans. And it's just, it's part of having a conventional, normal nine to five job that's just like rubs me completely the wrong way. I don't know if any of you feel like that when you're at work, but I just feel like, <laughs> you know, when you were a kid and you used to put on your mom's like high heels and walk around in them and they're like 14 sizes too big and you have like on her like dress that's also too big and her hat that's also too big and it's like, I'm just here like pretending to be a grown-up. Like that's how I feel at a job. That's how I've always felt at a job. And I used to think it was like an insecurity thing where I'm like, oh, I just, 
I have imposter syndrome maybe, or I'm like maybe insecure that maybe I'm not, you know, up, up to the challenge of this job, or maybe I don't know what I need to know, or maybe, you know, blah, all the things that come with insecurity, but I don't know if really that's it. Now that I'm looking at it, I'm like, I feel like I just don't want to, I'm, it's hard for me to put on like a different personality at work. And I feel like you have to be able to do that to an extent to work, at least in certain fields. I mean, I haven't worked everywhere, but I feel like in healthcare, it's very much a thing where you have to be just a very, I don't know. I don't know. If you work in healthcare, let me know if you've ever felt this way, but it's just like, bleh. But I also felt it when I was working um, for myself and I had a job where I was working with a lot of higher end clientele. And I think probably in, in that instance, it was a little bit of insecurity because I'm not high end. I'm not a person that's like into like fancy expensive things or you know what kind of purse I'm having or whatever if if certain people like that fine but like it's never been me but since a lot of my clientele when I was a phot- oh, this is when I was a photographer when a lot of my clientele are those types of people it would always make me feel really like weird about being like my own kind of like weird quirky artistic unconventional self because I would feel like I had to present myself in a certain way that would help them be comfortable with being a patron of my business, you know, paying me a lot of money because I I wanted to appear professional, you know, so I'd dress a certain way and I feel like I would have to act a certain way and put on this facade. And I think that might be part of the reason why I got burnt out on photography um, is because of, of that reason right there. Um, which is funny because photography is an art and I feel like I should have or could have been able to like really fully embrace like the weird artist vibe and you know maybe no one would have cared because you know you're an artist and you're supposed to be a little bit quirky right you're you know not all artists are quirky but I feel like for the most part a lot of us are um so anyway I feel like I'm going on a million tangents because my brain is going a million different ways about this. So hopefully you guys are following all of my multiple trains of thoughts as they're leaving the station and going to different destinations. <laughs> um, but so for this this job that I have right now that I'm going to quit, <laughs> that I've been on the fence about quitting, and you know what, I'm just going to quit. I'm just going to quit because I can't. Like I, I have to stop worrying about what other people think and I you know, I have to advocate for myself and this job is not good for me. It's, you know, I knew that it was going to be fast paced going in, but the amount of work that one nurse is supposed to get done in one shift to me is unreasonable. It's dangerous. I'm terrified that hospitals are operating this way. We're understaffed. Um, it's just, I'm running all day, running, 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 not getting the things done that need to be done um, when they're supposed to be. It's just like, it's a lot. You know, you don't take your lunch break until, you know, I start work at 7 a.m. and get off at 7.30 p.m. and I'm not taking my lunch break until 4 or 5 o'clock sometimes and it's just ridiculous. And I get 30 minutes to sometimes sit down and eat all the way through. Sometimes not though. Sometimes I get called back to the floor and I don't even get to finish my lunch. And it's just like, 
how are people working under these conditions? Like, so that in and of itself is enough to make me feel like I need to move on because um, the way my nervous system operates, I cannot handle that situation. Even though I work two 12-hour shifts a week, which if you think about it, like working two days a week, that sounds like a cakewalk, right? But those two days back to back, they're always in a row, um, they annihilate me so bad to the point where like, I spend the rest of the week recovering. (laughs) And by the time I'm recovered, I have to go back. So it's like, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. My, My life just doesn't feel good right now working there. And I've I've been fighting with all of these feelings of being like someone who gives up or a flaky person who just quits jobs one after the other. And you know what? It's fine. Um, I can't worry about what other people are going to think. And I'm finally realizing that. And I need to sort of embrace this part of myself that does want to fight back against the conventional. Um, I don't know where I'm going to end up ultimately. I feel like potentially... So, okay, let me start this thought over. So I've been thinking that maybe like nursing wasn't for me. Like, I got into nursing because I was interested in the medical field, and I've been thinking, like, oh, I don't like nursing. But I'm not sure if it's nursing that I don't like. I think it's having a conventional job that is the thing that I don't like. Because it's just... It's hard to fit myself into an expectation. And I think that conventional jobs come with so many expectations. And so now I'm at a crossroads where I'm like, okay, what do I do now? I do have a job interview lined up for later this week for an outpatient surgical center And I worked at an outpatient surgical center before. That was actually my first job out of nursing school all the way back in 2005. And that was the one nursing job that I ever had that I really loved. I loved the pace of it. I loved working in the surgical realm. Surgery is super interesting to me. Uh, The whole process of it. And I liked working with the patients in the capacity that I was. And so I came across this job posting and it finding a job like that and then getting invited to interview for it um, gave me a little bit more, I, I feel more permission now to leave this other job knowing that there might be something out there that I could potentially enjoy at least for now. Now where I'm finding it difficult still is just thinking that maybe I'll never like no matter what the job is and how much I like it that I'll never be able to sustain it long term and still be happy because of the conventionality of it because of the 
the rules, the policies, the procedures, the um, expectations. Um, it's, it's very, you know, now that I'm thinking about, I'm like, you know, this, all of that should be very like soothing to me as an autistic person. Like the structure of a job, the rules of a job, the predictability of a job. Oh, that's another thing about this hospital job is it's rotating shifts. So I'm never working the same two days each week. It's always different days. And that is really annoying to me really annoying and I've worked those types of jobs before and whatever and that's how it is most of the time in the healthcare field but like this new job that I'm applying for would have me there specific days and they would be the same days every week and that to me is like way more manageable I need to be able to plan my weeks you know and plan ahead for my life and always know which days I have off and that to me sounds great so but you know the thing about jobs that should be sort of soothing to my autistic side of my brain. I think also really feel um, like they just don't match up with who I am. And a lot of the things about the way that especially bigger corporations are run, a lot of it just doesn't make sense to me. And it feels very a lot of it feels very outdated. A lot of it feels very illogical. Um, a lot of the policies, I'm like, why is this written this way? Like, why do we have to do it this way? It doesn't make sense. Uh, there's other better ways, but there's nothing you can do about it. It's just the policy. It's the way it is. Um, like, I'm sure there's ways to like, somebody told me like, oh, well, you can go sit on the board and try and get policies changed. And I'm like, I'm not, no, I don't like people. I'm not going to join the board. Like, I'm not going to go to board meetings. And that's also not me. Like, it's not me. Like, I'm not a board member person. It's just, I'm just not. I tried going to PTA meetings when my kid was younger. And I'm like, no, if I can't even do a PTA meeting, I'm sure not gonna be able to sit on a hospital board. Um, I don't care. I don't care that much. I'm just like, I don't like this and I'm going to go. Do I have oppositional defiant disorder in me? <laughs> I probably do have some oppositional tendencies due to the fact that, you know, I have these neurodivergencies that are living in my brain. And, you know, I like the unconventional. I'm a little weird. I'm a little quirky. I want to be able to kind of have freedom to to be myself and I feel like in a lot of these jobs that I've had you're sort of backed into a corner where they you know you have to behave and present yourself a certain way and it's just hard and part of that I think is me not giving myself permission um one of the things that just came into my mind is that there are a lot of people who are very authentic and allow their quirks and their weirdness to just shine through in their jobs and um and they get along okay that guy who taught my IV certification class for one I think I talked about him on the podcast um he is very unconventional and he worked as a nurse for years and just had his personality didn't change himself 
one iota and didn't give a crap what anybody thought. He's like, I never got fired for being this way, even though I'm very unconventional about the way I go about things. It's like, I'm still a good employee. I'm still getting my job done. The patients love me. I'm not doing anything wrong. I'm not breaking any rules. I'm just being myself. Um, you know, so maybe some of this is on me. Maybe I do need to work hard. I mean, I do. Not maybe. There's no maybe there. I do need to work harder on just like embracing who I am and feeling the freedom to sort of let my quirky little flag fly and be okay with the fact that I'm not really a conventional person. Um, but I think so many of us were raised to to sort of like worry about fitting in. You know what I mean? Just like your whole life, you're given these rules and expectations that you're supposed to follow. And yeah, we have to have rules and expectations. I get it. Like the whole world just can't be a free-for-all and everybody just doing whatever they want. But also, I think there's a line where it's like, well, when do these rules and expectations cross the line from just sort of like keeping things running and and structured and you know like there has to be some of it but then it it bleeds into us and our our personalities and how we put ourselves out to the world like I think dress codes are a stupid thing at jobs just wear what you want who gives a shit like if I worked in an office and I had to wear like office clothes all the time would not be able to do that absolutely not I'm not an office clothes type of person I feel really weird when I dress up like that I've had jobs in the past where I've had to dress like that or even if I'm going to a job interview or something I'm like oh I hate this and why like why it's just clothes like I get it to a certain extent you know you don't want your employees showing up in like anything controversial or like too terribly revealing or anything like that but also you know beyond that it's like who cares if I want to wear jeans and a t-shirt to work why does that make me any less of a good employee or a trustworthy employee or a you know why does that give off the impression that maybe I'm not professional because I want to wear jeans and not freaking khaki slacks you know it's just sort of like a weird thing and I feel like it is an impediment to many of us who are less conventional for certain reasons like you know there are a lot of autistic people out there who can't tolerate wearing certain types of clothing you know and it's harder for us to to find things to wear that are both comfortable and professional um and I don't know I just some of it comes down to societal rules some of it comes down to the rules of specific corporations some of it comes down to our own rules that we've imposed on ourselves and sort of ways that we've forced ourselves into these corners um, because we're trying to conform but I think I'm getting to the point in my life I mean I'm 43 years old and there's only so long that you can go in your life <laughs> where you're just trying so hard to fit just to fit 
period, just fit. I just have been trying so hard to fit. I'm trying to fit and follow. And I, I don't have to, like you don't have to, you don't. Or you shouldn't, you shouldn't have to. I guess saying that you don't have to is not a true statement because some of us do. Some of you might have a job that you rely on that income where you have to present yourself a certain way and you have to. Oh, that sucks. It's so annoying. It's so dumb, pointless. Doesn't make sense to me. You know, if I met up with someone over something, like say I needed to hire like a lawyer for something and I met with two different people and one of them was dressed like like you would you would expect a lawyer to dress like nice suit tie like looking very conventional i guess i just assumed the lawyer was a man that's the first thing that pops in i'm sorry i'm being so gendered um but like first thing that popped in my head as a lawyer was a man in a suit for some reason so sorry to all you female lawyers out there i know they exist my best friend is a lawyer and she's a lady um but so say I see two male lawyers and one of them is wearing a suit and the other one's wearing like a like a tropical shirt and like like jeans and sandals in my brain that has been trained on how we're supposed to be in society and who we're supposed to be in society I would feel more inclined to go with the suit lawyer right I'd be like, oh, he seems like a lawyer. He seems more serious because he's wearing a suit. But how do I know that that lawyer is any better than the lawyer who's dressed like Jimmy Buffett? Like the Jimmy Buffett lawyer, for those of you who don't know who Jimmy Buffett is, I might be old, but Jimmy Buffett, (laughs) if you don't know who he is, he's a singer who sings like, he's very like, uh like beachy music just look up jimmy buffett if you don't know who he is um the jimmy buffett lawyer might be heads and tails above that other lawyer like in his experience sorry there's an airplane going over right now it's probably loud in his experience his knowledge his expertise his ability to win cases all of that but i we all make these snap judgments on people based on like conventionality and what we've been taught and told is the right thing and the expected thing. Um, But I sort of love when people are unconventional and it's an unexpected, you know? Like I feel like the unconventional side of my brain would fight with with my like trained conventional side being like, no, I love this laid back lawyer who wore his like flip-flops to the office that day. Like it makes me kind of want to go with him, you know? So I don't know, all that to say, it's hard feeling like an unconventional person, someone who's who's having a hard time fitting in with how we're supposed to be in the world, you know? Like, I've really had an urge lately to like embrace physically 
a different version of myself. A lot of us who are creatives and who are neurodivergent creatives really like to be more like fun with our looks. You know, I've thought like, oh, I wish I could like dye my hair a fun color or like shave part of my head. I already have tattoos, so that's already like pushing it in some regards. But I have felt like, oh, I can't do that. Like, I'm not going to get hired for, to be a nurse if I have, like, bright pink hair that's, like, shaved on one side. Like, no one's going to hire me as a nurse <laughs> if I'm looking like that. Or not a lot of people. I could probably get hired back in psych if I looked like that. But, um, you know, not, no. Like, you just can't. And I, I just, I guess I've just been finding the world a very stifling place for people who are trying people like me who are who are not conventional conventional but we're just trying to i guess exist in conventional spaces <laughs> it's not working out i don't know i don't know i don't know if any of that made sense to you guys as usual i just rambled and rambled and rambled and i'm like yeah i don't know it's fine uh but I suspect that some of you, at least some of you, will relate to what I'm saying here and be like, yeah, I get you, girl. <sighs> so yeah, anyway, I'm quitting my job and I'm interviewing for this other job. Um, I'm already digging this other job because the doctor himself called me. The doctor who owns the clinic called me for like the initial phone interview. And he was really super nice and the interview was really unconventional he was like hey this is doctor so-and-so um I saw you know I got your resume and I just wanted to talk to you a little bit and I'm like sure yeah he's like so aside from a nurse aside from the nursing stuff he's like I want to learn a bit about you he's like do you have any hobbies and I'm like yes I do have hobbies and I'm like why like he's asking me questions about myself and we talked about my hobbies my pets my kids like he asked me if you could write a book about anything if someone would just pay you to write a book what would it be about and I was like wow that is a good question and so the fact that the interview went that way like we eventually got around to talking about the job and different nursing things and stuff but like the fact that the doctor himself called me, which is already very weird because doctors usually don't do their own interviews. Um, they usually have staff to do that because they can't be bothered. You know, a lot of doctors are like that. <laughs> They're too important to be interviewing people. They have too much to do. Sorry if any of you are doctors, but really like a lot of doctors are like that. Um, so the fact that the interview itself kind of took an unconventional lean was really promising to me the fact that it's a really small practice he's the only surgeon there he's got a couple of other doctors who work on the clinic side a couple days a week um, but I'd mainly be working with him and it seems like a very small operation no pun intended um, and I think that that is more my speed and my style <laughs> and I'm hoping that this is a job that I will get, first of all, because I don't know if I've got it yet. I feel like I've got a good shot. I'm, like I said, they invited me to come in in person, so hopefully that's a good, that's a good sign. 
Um, but I'm hoping this is a place that I can at least be happy at for a while. But like I said, um, it's hard for me to know if I'll ever feel okay in such a conventional space. I think it's a, it's okay until it's not, you know, until you get tired of just trying to fit in all the time. So Gray is teaching me how to tattoo. That's a new thing. If you don't follow me on my personal Instagram, you probably don't know that because I don't think I've talked about that on the podcast yet. But, you know, Gray, my partner, is a tattoo artist. And uh, they sort of encouraged me to give it a try because I am an artistic person. But I do like painting and like others. I'm like not, I'm not a super good like, you know, you for me, it's like you imagine that tattoo artists are just like amazing at like drawing and stuff. Cause that's honestly what your job is if you're a tattoo artist. Um, and I'm decent, like I'm a decent artist when it comes to drawing things and stuff, but I don't know. I just never even imagined that I could do something like tattooing and, and Gray has been encouraging me and has been like, Hey, you know, you should give it a try. Let me just show you. And so I have, I've been learning and I really love the idea of doing something like tattooing because it really is a more, it's an unconventional career and there are all sorts of people who do tattooing. Like, I don't feel like you have to fit any sort of mold to be a tattoo artist. You can, you can have whatever kind of personality you want within reason, of course. Um, but you can, you can be quirky, you can be fun, you can be artsy, you can be more serious, you can be more, um, you know, colorful, you can be more goth, you can be more, you know, it's just like there's so many different types of people who are doing that type of profession that I'm like, this feels really, um, it feels really inviting to me. It feels really comfortable to think of myself as being a tattoo artist. I feel like I could, like I could fully just like settle into myself and who I am and not have to worry about presenting myself in any particular way, you know? And I think I'm just fed up, guys. Fed up with all of the expectations of all of these conventional people, many of which probably don't even want to be the conventional themselves. You know, we're all just following the same rules blindly. Who made them up? I don't know. But like, ugh. You know, it doesn't make sense. I don't know. This episode kind of, to me, when I'm thinking back on all of the rambling I just did, it seems like maybe I just like smoked a bunch of pot and I'm having like a high, like high person ramble right now. I don't smoke pot for the record, but like, not that I don't have it. And not that I have a problem with people who smoke pot, but I don't smoke pot, but like I have smoked pot before in my life and I have gone on those rambling, <laughs> like, man, I'm just going to go on about this thing. I hate the man. <laughs> like <laughs> where you get into like these deep conversations when you're stoned. I feel like that's just what happened between us, you guys. If you're still listening, thank you for being here and listening to my TED talk on how <laughs> convention is stupid and uh why I don't like it and why it's not yeah, making me happy. So anyway, 
Y'all, I've been talking about this for almost 35 minutes, so I'm going to let you guys go. I really didn't think I had that much to say about this, but I guess I did have a lot to say about it. And uh, yeah, so I'm going to wrap it up. Um, ooh, also, one more thing, though, before I wrap it up. One more unconventional thing that I feel like I'd be really happy doing, and it's not as unconventional as tattooing, but I've always wanted to write. You know, I've always been a writer. I've always written short stories and poetry and things like that ever since I was a kid. I've been an avid reader, an avid writer, and I've been pondering for a long time about writing a book. Um, a book sort of parallel to the podcast that sort of tells the story of my life um, in a little bit different way than I do on the podcast. Um, and I'm wondering, like, I think it could be a very therapeutic thing. And I'm wondering if it's a worthwhile quest, though. And I want to know your guys' thoughts. And if anyone has any connections to anyone who's written a book, um, I don't really want to self-publish. I'd rather find a publisher. So if anyone out there knows someone who is a publisher or who has worked with a publisher or how you how you can sort of like figure out a way to get someone to look at your idea for a book, please send that information my way and get in touch with me because I'm really curious about how to even go about doing that, how to sort of um, even start on that task. I think the writing part is the easy part for me. It's just the rest of it is like I have no idea how the book world works or how to get published or how to distribute things to people. I mean, I know how self-publish how self-publishing works, but because I did self-publish one book one time. Um but the process of that was really difficult and it's just like, yeah, I just don't want to do it again. So anyway, if any of you know anything about books and publishing and publishers and all of that jazz, uh let me know. Please. Would you read my book? I would like to write my book. I don't know if I would like to read my own book. Um, <laughs> I guess you've got to read it if you're writing it, right? But um, I think it's reading my own book feels the same to me as listening to my own podcast, which I never do because I don't like hearing myself talk and I don't like listening to my own thoughts and ideas and I get very critical of myself. So it could really be hard for me to write a book because I will have to read it back and edit it and, you know, get to a point where I'm okay with it and not let my perfectionist brain take over. Uh, yeah, so mm, that might be a task, but it's fine. I can do it. I've written a lot of things before, just like when you know other people are going to be reading it, it becomes a whole different beast. So anyway, okay, that's enough of me talking. I'm just going to tell you real quick about the Patreon. $5 a month you get access to the Discord server, which has a lot of cool stuff going on over there, and you get access to bonus episodes. Every month, Gray and I record a bonus episode. Um, the last one I just posted was Gray and I talking about anxiety and depression and the way that we feel our feelings as neurodivergent people. So that one just posted up the other day. And uh, yeah, those are good episodes. They're much longer. They've been like an hour to an hour and a half. Um, because Gray and I just start talking and we just talk. Uh, the conversation flows. Um, so anyway, Patreon. Patreon.com slash, oh, that's just my autism. And also the OTJMA store. 
uh, I'm going to be adding some new stuff to that soon. Some of you guys have been making apparel suggestions or things that you wanted to see, um, which I totally am taking that into account. And I'm going to design some new stuff soon. So yeah, be on the lookout for that. I'll be sure to post about it on Instagram. You can also follow me on Instagram on the, oh, that's just my autism Instagram and also my personal Instagram. You're welcome to follow me there as well if you want to see um, the side of my life that doesn't revolve around the podcast and me just being me on the day to day. Not that interesting, but uh, you know. Anyway, okay, I'm going to let you guys go now. Uh, Yeah, that's it. I'll talk to you guys next time. Thanks for listening. I love you. I appreciate you. Goodbye.